Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Oberholt, and this is our first, I guess, off-season podcast. Um, today, we're going to talk about kind of the the way too early top twenty fives that came out. Um, we sort of compiled a, uh, I don't know, I I averaged all of the rankings together from ten that I found. We we kind of had this list ready to go already a week ago. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk about it then, but we decided just to talk about George's national title. So, fine with me. Yes. All right. So, Ashton, um, you also have this list in front of you, and I, I'll just yeah. set it. I set it up. Like I'll, I'll just list off. So, ESPN, CBS, The Athletic, twenty four seven, some of those, and then there's some others as well. SI, whatever. I'm not going to list all ten, but the average. I just averaged them all together, and this is the top twenty five. So, this is not any specific. This is not according to anybody specific, but it's just averaging a whole bunch of them together. Alabama yeah. is the only one that's number one. They're number one across the board. Every single um, service we looked at has them at number one for next season. Most places have Ohio State next at two, and then Georgia at three. Those are the top three in, in all all ten of these. Georgia and Ohio State were. Um, there was a little bit of difference as far as who's two and who's three on that. Uh-huh. Does that top three make sense to you? Um, y- yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think as a George fan, it's easy to feel maybe a little disrespected to go, you know, you, you <laughs> want a national championship. I mean, Ohio State couldn't could not stop the run last year and 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 you beat Alabama and in the title game and they put you behind both of those teams like, oh, like, OK, like I, I get it, I guess, you know, what whatever. Um, but yeah, like, like Alabama should be number one. Like, like there's no question about it. Um, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, if they were draft eligible, they would be the number one and number two draft pick in the draft tomorrow. Like right. they are that good. And the only reason they're not is because they're sophomores. So they, they have to come back and play another year. Um, I think that gives Alabama a huge, huge advantage there. I will say they did not, Alabama didn't look good without Mechie and Jamison Williams. And right. they don't get either one of those back next year. Right. Um, so that's like, that's interesting. Like that's what I think it's to be determined as to how their receivers develop over the offseason. Alabama has been able to develop, develop really, really good receivers. But like, I mean, we saw them, like we saw it without Jameson Williams. We saw them without um, when, when Williams got ejected in the Auburn game, just like the offense completely stopped. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get why everyone's doing it. Um, Alabama has only won one of the past four national championships, and that is outrageous for them. That is a <laughs> title drought, pretty much. Um, you can almost pencil them in for next year. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I think that's probably why what the, the writer's thoughts are. And I really like how, how you did it, too. Like, credit to you, I didn't know you had done all this work, but like, like a composite, like we pretty much made our own composite of all the way too early rankings right. and just like averaged them all together, which I think is like really cool. Cause there's a lot of discrepancy I noticed in some teams, like, oh, like yeah. certain, certain organizations, Oklahoma, for example, I, they were as high as four. Um, I think on CBS, CBS had them, had them at four, I've seen them as low as 25. 
Yep. Like there's so much turnover, especially right now in the transfer portal. Like stuff changes daily. Stuff is changing like 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 every day. Like you have to pretty much our show just has to refresh Twitter at the end of the show just to see kind of like what news has broke like while we're talking. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I I don't know. Is is it is it okay? How about this? Is it okay for me to feel a little disrespected for Georgia to be at three and Alabama and Ohio State to be above them, considering the season that just happened? I think it's okay, um, and, and I like I'll be clear too. Like I, I do think this top three, like in some order, to me these are the clear top three teams for next year. Like as of what we know right now, obviously things could change before September comes around, but I do think that these are clearly the top three. I don't think it's wrong for Georgia to feel a little bit disrespected, but I also understand it completely, um, mm-hmm. and. You, okay, so Alabama, you mentioned the receiver room. Like, as far, when it comes to recruiting rankings, they have their their receiver room is second to Ohio State and nobody else, and probably closer to Ohio State than whoever number three is. Obviously, a lot of that is young talent, and we saw some of that young talent. Like a lot of that young talent got on the field in the championship game, didn't but, play well though, but didn't Did play, not play well. very well. And so, like, I guess my question to you is: Do you do you expect them? To develop this offseason, like the, these, the sophomores become juniors, the freshmen become sophomores. Do you expect, because the, the, like you can't question the, the sheer volume of talent sure. they've brought in. The question is, do you think that will be developed? Because to me, that's the biggest issue. Like, that's the biggest question. Like, is Alabama going to have an offense that competes at the Ohio State's next year, or is it not? Or is it not going to? And the, the main question is, what are those, what do those receivers play like? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't believe in, in Alabama's receivers. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks was one of them, Ajayi Hall, uh, another one. These are these are five-star kids that, that Alabama has, and always Alabama will always get those. But, I mean, like, like they've been there. Like, they, they were in the championship game and had a chance to shine, and they did not do what Devontae Smith did four years ago. Like, they did not do that. That was a different thing. Um, I think there's with, – with receivers – I think you saw it maybe a little bit with like even like with Brock Bowers this year. You can you can come in and you can either play or you can't. And there is some coaching that you can do and you can coach kids up, but you can either play or you can't. And like like I would be concerned if I was an Alabama fan. Like like I'm okay for Alabama to kind of get all the praise. Like like we should like Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. Like what are we gonna do? Not put them at one? No, you're like you're gonna put them at one. Like but like. I, I would feel decent, very decent, if I was Ohio State or Georgia about my receiving core being better than theirs. I think Georgia has a better receiving core than Alabama does if you factor in the tight ends. I think if you factor in the pass catchers and as as a whole, um, I like Georgia's better. And I think I think we saw that. I really, I think we saw that um, last Monday night. I think that it was on display, really. So, um, yeah, I, I do. Th- I mean, Ohio State has the best receiving room in the country. Like, that's not a question. Like, we're not dumb here. But I, I think Alabama's behind maybe more than what the consensus is. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, and whatever, like we're splitting hairs a little bit. Like Alabama's still loaded everywhere else. They're going to be really good. They're going to be probably a little bit improved on defense. Um, I mean, yeah, like Dallas Turner and Will Anderson are your edge rushers. Like you can't be too bad with what those are your as, as your edge rushers. Um, Eli Ricks transferred in the five-star corner from LSU. Um, to Alabama, that's a position of need for them. Someone, someone they had to have. Um, so they're solid. Like Alabama's solid. I think for me, Ohio State at two. Ohio State's number two. Ohio State's interesting at two. I 
like, are we really going to put someone at two that, that cannot stop the run? Like, are we really <laughs> going to put them there? Like, they have no shot at stopping the run. And, like, yeah, I mean, maybe they figured out. I know they hired a new uh, D coordinator, but, yeah, like, I, I think Georgia will have a better year than Ohio State next year, I, I think. Like, I think there's multiple teams that could be better than them. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Georgia had a better year than Ohio State. I, I think this ranking by most people, it's – it's two things. Obviously, the offense is incredible. I think it's just okay. They, they th- people think that they're going to far and away have the best offense in the country next year. And then number two, it's trust that Jim Knowles, the defense coordinator hire from Oklahoma State, will at, if not like put them in top five level, will at least bring them into the top twenty. Yeah. So like if they have a top fifteen defense next year. Yeah, they'll be in the playoff. I, I don't yeah. know if that means they'll be ahead or, be, or behind Georgia, but it uh-huh. at least means they'll be a top four team, in my opinion. Is that fair? Yeah, I fair. Is it, I guess. is it fair to think they get there on defense? I, 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 no. I mean, like, let's see. You know, let, let's wait and see. Like, I they're one Cam Cam Rising injury away from losing three games last year. Like, if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt in the, in the Rose Bowl, they lose that football game, and you cannot convince me otherwise. They had no answers for him um, before he went out of the game. So, like, yeah, I mean, I would be, I would be selling. If I, if I had Ohio State stock, I, stock, I would be selling. I would be selling high at this point because I, I understand they got a good quarterback. I like C.J. Stroud. I like the receivers, but they're losing two first-rounders. Jackson Smith and Jigba's excellent. The others are unproven. You know, like, like, let's, you know, they're talented. Sure. Have it like Julian Fleming. We needed to see more from him. I think in my opinion, like he was supposed to, he was a, a, a he was rated higher than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he was first class. class. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but I mean, he's, he's a junior. Like yeah. he's been, he had two full years there now and he hasn't flashed. Like we, we were expecting him to be just elite when he walked in and he wasn't. Um, I mean, they have Marvin Harrison Jr. Who, I mean, yeah, they've got talent. Like Ohio State has a crazy amount of talent there. Have you know? Can they prove it? Like I don't know. It's, that's probably where I'm at a little bit, and I would be selling probably a bit because I don't think that you can just suddenly learn how to stop the run. I I think you have to recruit that, and I think Ohio State has done a poor job of recruiting the defensive line and linebackers. You can't keep playing the same defensive line and linebackers because they got abused against Michigan. Um, and Utah really, and, and Oregon early in the year. So I think, I think a lot of these other top, top teams, I think Notre Dame would give Ohio state problems, real problems. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> I, I, week one, early, early watch alert. Is it really week one? Yep. I, I haven't even looked ahead that far. It's still, <laughs> it's been, my week has been, yeah, it's just been wonderful. I've, I've just, I, I'm determined to live in this off season for as long as possible. I'm going to make this off season drag out as long as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> But yeah, selling on Ohio State is my answer. Okay, so I won't hold you to this, but right now it's January. It's January. Yeah. Do you, do you think Ohio State will win the Big Ten and or make the playoff? Oh, okay. You said you're. Uh, I'm not gonna hold you to this. I mean, this no, is just no, your it's too early. This is too early, dude. It's too early. <laughs> there's so much transfer stuff that. Let's see. That can that's happen. why I can ask you this. You, no there's one's way you to the too fire much. There's oh, way yeah. too much that that's gonna happen, and and we still have signing day. People yep. forget about the actual signing day in February. It hasn't even happened yet. So, like, a ton of stuff could happen between now and and even the summer, like July. Like yep. the teams will look drastically different, possibly. Um, 
No, no. Like I think, I think if Harbaugh stays, I think Michigan can win the Big Ten again. I, I think they'd be my pick because I'd be getting money. Like I'd be getting odds to see what I just saw happen again last year. Both teams remained a lot. Like Michigan's keeping a lot, a lot there production wise, and they just bludgeoned Ohio State. Why am I supposed to think that Ohio State and they're going to go lose two first round receivers is magically going to get better? Like. I, oh, I, I don't know. As it, as it stands currently, I would pick Michigan. There we Interesting. go. Interesting. All right. Yeah. As it stands currently, I think I would go with Ohio State. Also, I just want to point out before all of our Ohio State I listeners. I picked Michigan last year. I picked Michigan yeah, you last did. year. Well done. Yeah. I, know. I, I would you. like to point out, just before all the Ohio State listeners jump down our throats, you mentioned something about Ohio State now recruiting defensive line of linebackers very well. Ohio State is bringing in a very good linebacker class. And they have and a pretty good defensive line class too. But again, we're talking about freshmen. Like, and I do think there's something a little bit overrated about the freshman class when people talk about ranking teams in the preseason. We're gonna get to it in a second. We uh, are yes, going yes, to we get are. To- <laughs> I've yes, been waiting for this one. Okay. Do you have? Do you want to talk about Georgia at all before we move on to where we're talking about this? <laughs> no, no. I mean, honestly, not really. Like Georgia got some huge guys coming back that are returning um, on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball. Georgia had almost everyone coming back, like like talent wise, production wise, everyone's back. Sadly, Stetson Bennett is also back, probably. So um, there's some guys that had decisions to make. You're saying that decided yes, to come back on on the defensive side of the ball. Nolan Smith, the former number one overall recruit, gotcha. yesterday just said he's coming back for another year. Robert Beal, uh, the mm. sack leader, actually for this defense, coming back another year. Um, Tyke Smith, I don't know the yep. former All American West Virginia, he's coming back. Chris Smith. Um, the safe starting safety, he's back as well. So like, like a lot of kind of some key pieces came back. So they're not just starting from scratch on the defense. Yeah. They're losing a ton, no question, but they are keeping some, some really big names, kind of some cornerstones that you can build around and learn from. Um, some, some of the leaders, there's some leaders that stayed on and that matters for Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, the Georgia's at three you know, okay, fine, whatever, you know, like, we'll, you know, we'll see in, we'll see in December. We'll see in December. Sure. And, and Just and real quick, you, you're a Georgia <laughs> fan. You're probably a little yeah. more in tune with some of the insider, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the rumors going around. Have you heard anything about Caleb Williams or any other quarterbacks? So, okay. So Caleb Williams was initially like a big time Georgia lean, right? Like right when he declared into the portal, um, right out of Oklahoma, he then kind of, he was definitely going to the West coast then, and he was going to either UCLA or USC, almost certainly to USC. Still, nothing's happened there. Like yeah. nothing's continued to happen. Rumors came out today that he that either Georgia or Michigan is two is is his top two choices. Interesting. Um, and yes, so if I think if Todd Monken stays, which is Georgia's OC, uh, Georgia's offensive coordinator, who's right. actually kind of been he's been thinking about going back to the NFL, possibly right. former former NFL guy, might go back to the NFL if he stays, which he still is. Um, then Georgia is the front runner again for Caleb Williams. So who knows? Like, who knows? It could take, yeah, 30 more turns before he actually, you know, commits somewhere. But that would be huge, by the way, huge. I think I think you would see Georgia jump significantly in some of these preseason rankings. They could go up to as high as one if Caleb Williams comes Oh, yeah. Up. Yep. Okay, let's move on. So we kind of hinted we at it. We teased this. We teased it. We teased it yeah. a little bit. So Bama, number one in all of them. <clears throat> Ohio yes. State and Georgia, number two or three in all of these. Yes. Only yes. one other team is in the top ten in yes. all ten of these. That is, that is Texas A&M. Only four different places actually had them at four, but nobody had them lower than seven. So, all told, like 
averaging it out, it's a pretty clear number four. Like they're pretty clearly number four. Huge gap between three and four, also pretty big gap after Texas A&M. So I, what do you think? I mean, A&M obviously just signed the best recruiting class ever. Um, and that's, that's not finalized. Like there's still some rankings adjustments that will happen and stuff. So we'll see that. But most likely they're going to sign the best recruiting class ever. Yeah. Do you see them being number four next year? No, no. <laughs> what a sell, sell hard. If you have, if you have A&M stock, please sell. It will literally never get this high ever again. Sorry, that's being <laughs> dramatic. That's not true. It, they, they will be good eventually. These kids are freshmen. We just talked about it with, with Ohio State. Ohio State ha- has a good class of, of, of people coming in. They're freshmen. They're not, going to, they're not going to compete and be able to be your core, your nucleus, going up against you know, Alabama or, or Michigan. Like, like When you're going up against real playoff teams like dudes, you're going to need more than just freshmen there. And I understand A&M's you know, been building toward this. It's not like their other classes have been bad. But like we're clearly buying the hype here. Clearly buying the hype. It's the greatest recruiting class of all time. They will go to a playoff at some point in their four years there. They will. This ain't it. This is not yeah. the season for it. I like you don't know who your quarterback is. I there I mean, there's a lot of yeah, it's very up in the air. Like just there's there's so much even like coaching turmoil possibly, portal mm-hmm. stuff still happening. Like how how are people feeling this high? Like how are, how is this how is it so high for A and M? Like I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just dumb. It's dumb. I think. I think part of the reason is in these way too early or even right before the season. Like when people make their preseason rankings, they focus on what they lost, on what a team lost, what they're bringing back, and then what, yeah. and then the recruiting class coming in. Well, yeah. what you lost is not being replaced by the recruiting class coming in. What you lost is being replaced by your junior class <clears throat> yeah. more often than not. So, like, I, I would, be, I would I be buying A&M stock for 2024. Yes, correct. But I agree Agreed. selling for 2022. Like, I, 100%. Not that they couldn't break through. Like, not, not that it's impossible. I just think, like, yeah, A&M, probably a top 10 team this next year. I would... I would be pretty surprised if they actually were the fourth best team in the country. You mentioned the quarterback situation. I believe Haynes King is back from injury. And they got Max Johnson from LSU. So that's probably – Connor Wigman. Connor Wigman. Connor Wigman, the freshman. So that's probably three decent options. But don't don't you feel better about Wigman in in a year or two? (laughs) Like like you, you feel better about their quarterback room in two years than you do right now. Not that it's terrible right now. It's just, man, that's 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 a high bar to clear. That and I think like they're losing their two really good edge rushers from this year. Like mm. they're gone. They're going into the draft. Uh, Demar yeah. Leal was one of them. Yes. Um, like like they're they're losing that, and we're expecting them to be a top four team. Like we're projecting them to be a playoff team. Like that's what that's what you're projecting them to do to be. And like could not disagree more. Like I don't think I don't think freshmen can just step up and replace a an NFL first rounder. I don't. That in very rare instances does that ever work out, and and like like I understand they're they're signing a whole bunch of five stars and a lot of them on the defensive line. I get it. I don't think they're going to matter in year one. I think maybe towards the the latter end of year one, maybe maybe they'll start clicking. Then it's too late. You can't be, go to the playoff after you lose three games like that. That hasn't happened. So 
Yeah, like I think A and M is going to lose multiple games. I think A and M is more likely to go eight and four than they are to be number four and go to the playoff. Like that's just yeah. a fact. By the way, another another reason that why I would be selling on this year, Mike Elko has been one of the best defensive coordinators in the country for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He left them to take the Duke job, and they replaced him with DJ Durkin, who had a pretty good year at Ole Miss this last <clears> year, <throat> but like. There's not a not whole the lot. There's not a whole lot else on DJ Durkin's resume that makes me think like seamless transition from Mike Elko, who's one of the best defense coordinators in the in the game. Like, like there's there's a chance this goes poorly. We we just saw what what happened at Ohio State when you when you have a bad defensive coordinator. And yeah, Kerry Coombs is a good defensive backs coach, good recruiter. Ohio State had lots of talent, but he's he was not a good coordinator, and it just didn't go very well. And right. And it's like, it's possible that the same thing happens with DJ Dirk. It's at least definitely more uncertain that he'll do well than what Mike Elko did. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And like, I guess with AM, just to sum it all up, far more likely they go eight and four than they go number four in the final ranking. Like far more likely that they, they go yeah. eight and four than get in the playoff. Um, you have Brian Kelly now also in the, in the West, Arkansas is making noise. I don't know if people have noticed this. This is multiple five stars that 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 Sam Pittman has has attracted there at Arkansas. And AM mm-hmm. has to do better. Like they have to finish better than Arkansas to be number four. Like they do. And so like yeah, and you still have to play Alabama and you get you get Florida this year. Like I yeah. I just Ole Miss I, might I, get Jackson Dart by absolutely. the way. Absolutely. Well no didn't he he committed to Oklahoma. Jackson Dart He did. I did not I'm see that. Almost certain he did like last night. Yeah, stuff changes all the time. I'm almost positive. But yeah, like the point still stands. Like there's multiple schools that AM is going to be in an absolute fist fight with, and they're going to the fist fight with freshmen. So yeah, next, next, please. Yes. Okay, let's Joke. move on. The next two teams were very close, like extremely close when you when you average everybody together. Um, those are Notre Dame and Clemson. Um, with all 10 factored in, Notre Dame is actually slightly above Clemson at five. Clemson is at six. Um, do you expect these two teams to be top 10 next year or five and six or competing for the playoff? And it, it's actually like, if you look at the top 10, like I, I, I think I trust these two teams about fourth and fifth most in the country, but I'm not sure they'll be the fourth and fifth best teams. Does that make any sense? Uh, no, I agree completely. I think I think they're very dependable. Like if maybe that's the word that you're looking for, they're not going to just like let you down. I I think it, Clemson surprises me. Like I'm not sure. Like this is going to be the off season of Clemson. We're going to spend a ton of time talking about Clemson this off season, just because of so much change that happened to that program. To that was two years ago on top of the sport, like literally on top of the sport, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and then like Notre Dame, kind of like an up and comer. Like Marcus Freeman is he's he literally is an up and comer. Like just the kind of like the young kind of like yeah, cool like the ex player that's now a coach and, and recruits well and, and like makes a splash, but fits in really well at Notre Dame. I think it's a good fit for him. So with, with those two schools, I I think Notre Dame Notre Dame would get the nod to me over Clemson. By one, I think, aren't they five and six? Yeah. Also, um, they I play like, each other next year. <laughs> they do. And and I think, like, I would like Notre Dame. Like, I would like Notre Dame. I would be currently buying a little bit of Notre Dame stock, I think. Um, I Yeah, like Notre Dame a little bit more than Clemson. But I do – Clemson will have a better year this year 
I believe. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think. Like I, I'm okay with Clemson at six. I don't have any big problems with it. I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Like I'm not buying Clemson stock. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't fault you if you are because they're low and you know you're getting a great coach at a, at a at a low time. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of what we just said about AM could also be said about Clemson a little bit. They obviously Brent Venables, the the defensive coordinator leaving uh-huh. for a head coaching job. Yeah. They also lost Tony Elliott, which arguably is not a loss. That's addition um, by subtraction. Yeah. yeah. And and they have one of the most talented freshman quarterbacks in the country coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like that I probably feel better about Cade Klubnick going into twenty twenty three than I do going to twenty twenty two. Sure. But also I'd be maybe at that point a little more worried about their roster just because their current recruiting class very small, twelve players, uh-huh. I believe, two of which are a kicker and a punter. Um, so like they're not recruiting at the A&M level. So like right. I'm buying stock for A&M in a couple of years, I'm holding on Clemson. Like, I don't know what to think. Like it might, they've, they've gotten into the portal just a little bit now. Like it looks like they're starting to dip their toes in. Um, funny. They brought in Hunter Johnson back. He, he's coming back. The former five-star who started his career at Clemson went to Northwestern started one year was terrible, lost yeah. the job. Coming back to Clemson, I guess, to be a third stringer and just to finish out his career there. Um, so, like, they are actually dipping into the portal a little bit. There's some other players I know they've been involved with. So I'm curious to see, like, uh, we, we've talked about it, and we'll talk about it more, like, crossroads offseason in the next couple of years for Clemson. 100%. For sure. Absolutely. No yeah. question. On Notre Dame um, – you mentioned, obviously, Marcus Freeman, the brand-new head coach there. Um, they also had a, f- a few staff losses. Um, a f- there were a few guys that were not retained. Probably the three main pe- three main coaches that most of the fans wanted gone were not retained, which was, you know, addition by subtraction, you could argue. Yeah. Um, two losses since then, Mike Elston, the defensive line coach, left for Michigan, his alma mater. Um and he's he's always been very a very good developer of talent. He was very good at finding diamonds in the rough, and coaching them up, turning three stars into four stars, that sort that sort of thing. And has been a pretty solid recruiter, but not spectacular. Um, they replaced him with Al Washington, um, the former Ohio State linebackers coach, who in previous years had coached Michigan linebackers, and before that he was a really good defensive line coach at Boston College back when they had Harold Harold Landry. Um, and he's known for his recruiting. So I think the recruiting at defensive line for Notre Dame, obviously we talk about Marcus Freeman. This is what he wants. He wants recruiting. I think the recruiting is going to go up. Not hundred percent sold that the development is going to be as good as it was under Mike Elston. So like, and then also Lance, uh, Lance Taylor, the running backs coach for Notre Dame left to take the offensive coordinator job at Louisville. Um, it's always a good, I mean, it's a good sign when you're, when your position coaches get coordinator jobs elsewhere. So that's a good thing, I think, in the long run, because it makes the Notre Dame job, obviously, it's a little more attractive, but it could hurt for this year. So all of that was a long-winded say of, long-winded way of saying, like, there is a little more staff turnover than was expected. Um, it, most of the staff is still there, but there's a little more turnover than was expected. I do like the hires that he has made so far. Um Still have to see what the defensive coordinator hire is, but you could argue that under Marcus Freeman, it might not be as important. Um, sort of like Ryan Day's offensive coordinator doesn't matter that much. Um, we'll see. So, like, the questions for Notre Dame, 
it's it's the backs seven next year, and then it's what does Tyler Buckner, the quarterback, do? If those are answered very well, I think they might be in the playoff again, just because like I think there's three clear teams to me, and then after that, I'm not sure. And then if those aren't answered super well, like yeah, it might be the nine and three, ten and two type of season. Any any thoughts on that from the outside looking in? <laughs> um. Ah. Yeah, I mean, like I would, I would tend to agree there. I think, like, I don't know. It's tough. It's so tough to know. Like, I love to know like the schedules and all the two. Like, I don't even, I haven't even really looked, gone through schedules much. But like, mm-hmm. like that's gonna play a play a factor too. Like, not all these teams can be good. You know, like every year, like you look at like you know preseason like top ten teams, and there's and then you look at the end again at the end of the year, and like there's teams that are just completely falling apart. So yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like Notre Dame, I would say Notre Dame has a fairly low floor. Like, for being a team that's that high, for me, like, I think they're really good, but I do think their floor's fairly low considering some of the some of the change in the turnover. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, maybe, but it is a possibility. Like, they would be one of the prime candidates that, you know, a team that's, that starts in the top 10 drops out of the top 25. It, like, Notre Dame, you could actually see that happening, even though it's very unlikely. What would be your worst case scenario you think for Notre Dame? Yeah, probably eight and four. Probably like eight and four. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can get much worse than that. I, I mean, which is like have borderline like, top twenty-five. You're right on the yeah. edge. Like right, right on, the, on the fringe. Yeah, probably and, out. Maybe it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and like like your losses, you'd probably have like some pretty good losses. Um, like, do you guys play like the Michigan the Michigan schools in the regular season next year at all? Uh, I believe it's. I don't think so. It's. It's Ohio, Ohio State. State. Clemson, USC, okay. of course, you know, they're yeah. a question mark whether they'll be good or, or not. Right. BYU is like a pretty solid team. Yeah. And then at, it's actually like the, the bottom end is pretty weak. So it's, yeah. it's a little more top heavy where this last year it was a little more middle heavy. Right. Yeah. No, so I think that'd be like kind of maybe where I'd be going. Like you have three teams that you could easily see yourself losing to and like that are really good teams. Like USC could turn out to be good. Like we're not really sure. So yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I don't really have just a ton like mm-hmm. on Notre Dame, but like they would be fairly low floor for me. What? Well, how do you see their ceiling specific to this coming season? Not, I mean, obviously we know if the recruiting picks up, they could be better in a couple of years, like we mentioned with A and M. Yeah. Just specifically for this upcoming season, what do you see the ceiling as? Like, do you um, think they can beat Ohio State, Clemson, USC? Yes. Yes, they can be all three. They can do that because they still do have a high ceiling. Like I really, I really, honestly do believe that. Um, I think, I think they do need to like be a little, maybe a little bit more active in the portal. I think for Notre mm-hmm. Dame, I they haven't, they have not been to this point. Actually, um, they they got Brandon Joseph, the former All American from Northwestern, at safety. Did they really? Yes, okay. uh, which was kind of a unique deal because he's going into his junior year he's not a grad transfer they've they've done grad transfers in the past and they've done some like freshman transfers it's a little easier after just one year at a different school to transfer yeah. credits over this right. he's spent two years and northwestern's a really good school so it's not like they're dipping into whatever sec country looking for rejected five stars but it's at least a start i think and i don't know that that would have happened under the previous regime mm. I got you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, I think they're fairly high ceiling, fairly low floor, fairly volatile for me. Makes sense. Makes sense. So theoretically, just because there's so many other questions with a lot of other teams, they could be number three in the country behind Bama and Georgia. Easily. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Okay. All right, let's move on. So we got that's the top six. Number seven is actually Utah. 
Yeah. And we saw Utah close the season very strong. And you mentioned that you think they would have beaten Ohio State with Cameron Rising healthy that yeah. whole. Uh, why don't I just finish out the top 10? We can finish, focus on the rest of the top 10, and you tell me what you think. Seven, Utah, eight, Michigan, nine, Baylor, 10, Oklahoma. What yeah. stands out to you there? These are the conference champs from last year that people just assume will be good again this year, and they don't know what to do with them. I think it's kind of like you you have, well, I guess with the exception of Oklahoma, but Utah, Michigan, Baylor, like conference champs. Michigan yeah. went to the playoff. Um, like they, they won bowl games. Like these guys, or, or Utah didn't, but should have. But everyone else won like won big bowl games. And and like like we should be like yes like good you know good for these guys but we don't really like you can't drop them out of the top ten you know because we just watched them have a fairly decent year even though like like Utah is probably going to drop off quite a bit like I would sell on Utah like the I think the correct answer there is to sell Utah stock I do like Michigan I like Baylor um, I think Oklahoma Oklahoma at ten is interesting for me I would. I would probably be selling a little bit on on Oklahoma. I think tens maybe just a little too high, maybe more fifteen ish range. Mm-hmm. They have Oklahoma got hit hard by yes. all of the change this off, all of it. They got hit hard. So if they can do, if they can address address a few needs in the portal yet, like like maybe maybe they're a top ten team. Currently they're not. Um, I think Michigan buying Michigan stock. I think Michigan can win the Big Ten again this year. Um, I think Baylor can win the Big 12 again this year. I, I I really do believe that. I'm good with both of those being top 10 teams. Oklahoma and Utah, for me, need to get out of the top 10. I definitely agree with you on the Oklahoma thing. I saw one, one I think maybe it was the one where they had Oklahoma at number four in the country. They said something about, you know, uh, the UCF quarter. Dylan Gabriel is going to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they basically said seamless transition from Caleb Williams. <laughs> I'm just oh really? I'm just yeah. not sure. I ah, no, he's not. Like he's not. Is no, and no. I I do think it could work out really well, especially you know yeah. Jeff Levy, <clears throat> the offensive coordinator there, could work really well with Dylan Gabriel. But you mentioned like they also lost a lot of other stuff. It's not it's not that they just lost Caleb Williams. Yeah, they lost a lot of coaches and they lost a lot of other players too. And I I'm not I don't think that Brent Venables and like. I, I think that Brent Venables, especially if he holds on to Jeff Levy for a while, like I think eventually this will work out for Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I just, man, I don't know. Like, no, I, I do too. I, I'm with you. I like for, Jeff Levy. Yeah. I like Jeff Levy a lot. For this season, I'm selling. I'm with you. I, I, Baylor is ahead of them in these rankings. I, I buy that for sure. Like, I, I to, do. Me, to me, Baylor is the clear favorite in the Big 12 next year. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think Dave Aranda has done just an incredible job with not really any quarterback to speak of. And yes. I think if they can get anything in terms of quarterback play at Baylor, um, like like I, there's no reason. I mean, Texas will certainly have nothing to say about it. Um, <laughs> like I absolutely believe that that they can win the Big Twelve again next year, and they would probably they will probably be my preseason pick. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next couple teams: eleven Wake Forest. 12, Oklahoma State, 13, Michigan State, 14, Oregon, and 15, Arkansas. So these are five teams that I would say all five of them, with the exception of Oregon, like out, like overperformed expectations this last year. Oregon was kind of the exception to that, where they started off really hot, beat Ohio State, faded down the stretch. Yeah. Yep. Any of these you see as being too high or too low? So Wake Forest is massively too high. (laughs) <laughs> massively too high. Arkansas would beat Wake Forest by three scores. Arkansas would beat Wake Forest by three 
touchdowns. Arkansas, they're at 15. I'm going to get to them. Arkansas is a top 10 team. Arkansas Ooh. is in the top 10. They will finish next year in the top 10. They are they're probably not, not top five, but they're going to be in the five to 10 range. And they're going to scare Bama and A&M and LSU. They're going to scare everybody. They're going to be a tough out literally every week. I, I really like Arkansas. KJ Jefferson is back again. Sam Pittman, as long as he can keep Kendall Bryles there, I think that matters a lot. Right. There are people coming from him. I think I think Miami offered him the 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 OC job. I believe um, he turned them down, but that might still be up in the air. I'm not sure. Okay, that was just like this afternoon was the last time I had seen something from yeah. Miami. So, yeah, like that's huge if they can keep him there. Um, I I I love everything about that Arkansas program. They have overperformed now two years in a row. I think it's just time to to accept that that was a coaching success. Um, Sam Pittman was the perfect hire for Arkansas, and he has made them really good. Like they're going to be really good next year. They've improved every year, and 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 next year is going to be yet another step forward. Um, Wake Forest, we talk about as being too high. I absolutely believe they're too high. Like they're they don't have the athletes of of the rest of these teams here. They're not. They don't have the athletes that Oklahoma State or Michigan State, or Oregon has. They don't. Like, they don't, they're ranked ahead of all three of those teams, and they're going to get ath- out, at out, I can't even talk right, out-athleted, there we go, <laughs> by by all of them. They really will. I think Michigan State in, um, has done incredible in the portal. They picked up a former four-star from Georgia today, um, Amir Speed, in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Remember how Michigan State secondary got absolutely shredded yes. um, by pretty much everyone, especially Ohio State. But, like that's big. If you can pick up four-star SEC cornerbacks, that's huge for a secondary that got scorched. Um, Michigan State doesn't have a whole lot of holes outside of the secondary. They were solid almost everywhere else. Um, I like I I like that. I I like Michigan State. I'm I'm probably buying a little bit on Michigan State. Oregon, I'm holding, just kind of waiting to see. Yeah, and then massively buying on Arkansas, putting almost every penny I have in Arkansas. So I agree. I think Arkansas should be at the top of these five for sure, and probably higher. I I, would, I think they would be in my top ten. Wake Forest, like I feel a little robbed, like because they were supposed to play Texas A and M in their bowl game. A and M dropped out, so they so Rutgers replaced them, and Wake Wake beat them like thirty eight to ten or something. And I just yeah. really wish we could have seen Wake Forest play a team that was clearly more talented than them. You mentioned the out athleting, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. Like, Wake Forest found a way to beat Clemson this last year. Like, and they bring back a lot of players, including their quarterback Sam Hartman. So, like, I think they'll probably be a top fifteen team next year. But yeah, like, I I would expect Clemson to reclaim the ACC title. Actually, didn't Pitt beat Wake? I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, they did. Right. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State. No idea what to think of them. And I feel like that is true almost every year. Like, <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Michigan State, I think I'm slightly in a different boat than you. Like I do think okay. I yeah. do think the the long-term outlook is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like their fairly successful year last year was a little bit fake. <laughs> they they won the rivalry game against Michigan. They beat a playoff team. They beat a playoff yes. team. But it can't be overstated how how weird that was. Like that was a that's a rivalry that Michigan has absolutely just given to Michigan State over and over and over again. And other than that, like they they beat 
Pitt without Kenny Pickett just barely in their bowl game, almost lost to them. And I'm not sure. I mean, they they also didn't have Kenneth Walker in that game either. Like, let's just. I mean, that's true. If we're gonna if we're gonna take away a big offensive talent, let's at least do it on both teams. That's true. I just don't know that you can say that a running back is comparable to a quarterback when when you're comparing teams like that. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate, or or should have been. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like down down on Michigan State, and and I think like I'd probably still have him in the top twenty. I'm just not sure that like some places have them in the top ten. I think I'd be pumping the brakes just a little bit. Like, I think they got a little bit lucky against Michigan last year. And Indiana was way down. Maryland and Rutgers weren't any good. Like, they got destroyed by Ohio State. I mean, yeah. demolished. I don't know. Like, I just don't know that they're that good. Like, they're good. I don't know that they're great. And they might be eventually. You mentioned the transfer of speed. Great. Like, that's the thing you have to do. Yeah, if you're Mel Tucker, keep recruiting, work the portal, and the arrow will be pointed up. I'm a little bit iffy on this coming season. Okay. Um, Oregon. Let's talk a little bit more about Oregon. Dan okay. Lanning, the new head coach there. Yeah. Um, it seemed like maybe things went downhill around the time that it became clear that there were going to be lots of open jobs and Mario Cristobal was going to be wanted by a lot of, potentially by a lot of programs. Yeah. Is that reading too much into it? Or, I don't know, because you could say that's a good thing for their future, because you could say they were better than than what their final record showed because of the Cristobal factor. Or you could argue uh-huh. that that really didn't have a lot of factor in it, and maybe Cristobal didn't build as strong of a team as we thought there. Well. Also, we never saw Ty Thompson play the talented freshman, and they brought in Bo Nix, which makes me think that maybe yeah. Ty Thompson was a miss. Yeah. So, like, do they become Auburn, which in my opinion would probably make them about a borderline top 25 team? <laughs> or is that unfair? Like, do you think a ranking that's in the a, top 15 is deserved? That's. I think it's a little unfair. I, I think we saw, like, I mean, that's an Oregon team – that went on the road to the shoe and beat Ohio State last yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, they did get boat raced twice by Utah. Um, and but had they they were a a playoff, con, con, I mean, a heavy playoff contender late until November. Right. Um, and until that last game against Utah. Mm-hmm. So, or like, or sorry, the last regular season game, um, the, the first one against Utah, and and they got yeah, and then they they lost again uh, again to them. And but like. I don't know. I think maybe with how it ended, those last two games made us think that Oregon wasn't as good as what they really are. I think Oregon was Oregon had a good year last year. Mm-hmm. And you lost Cristobal. I understand that. Like you're gonna lose Kevante, but uh, you know, you know, whatever. He's kind of a goon anyway. But like Lanning, Dan Lanning, I, I know, yeah. So I'm a Georgia fan, familiar with Dan Lanning. It's been that's kind of really his only big time job was Georgia's DC. Um and he did a tremendous job. He was really, really good as a DC. I think he's going to bring a level of recruiting that is at least on par with Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Cristobal is a good recruiter. Dan Lanning's a good recruiter. I agree. Really good recruiter. So like you're going to get it week one, like this, the season opener is in Atlanta against Georgia. So yeah. <laughs> that might not be totally fair as to like, <laughs> yeah, like don't, don't judge Lanning from just one week. My goodness. Um, but like the ducks for me are probably the PAC 12 favorite. 
Okay, probably. interesting. They're probably they're probably a Pac-12 favorite for me. So one of the main things that people always look at when a coordinator is hired as a as a head coach is what is the coordinator hire he makes on the other side of the ball. Um, Oregon hired Kenny Dillingham, uh, I believe yeah. is his name from Florida State. So yep. clearly, you, I would assume that means you think that was a pretty good hire. Decent, at least. Um, like it wasn't it wasn't a home run. Like it, it wasn't you know the home run hire, but I think. Like, like it remains to be seen. That really remains sure. to be seen because Oregon's offense remains to be seen. Like even with their personnel, Bo Nix, like, like, you know, what, like Thompson, you mentioned him, like, like they have talent there. There's talent walking around there. Like how do they put that into effect and how do they get that moving? Um, I think is, is the big one for me. Sure. Okay. Let's move on here. Let's go 16 to 20 here. 16 is Wisconsin, 17 NC state, the zone blitz darling this last year. 18, uh-huh. Kentucky, 19, Iowa, and 20, USC. What stands out to you with these teams? Oh, my. Um, Kentucky is just the same old, same old. Like, Stoops, my goodness, like, what a job he's done there. He got a five-star. He got a five-star offensive lineman. Yes. Uh, Keontae Goodwin, I believe, um, mm-hmm. had to choose between Kentucky and, like, Michigan State, I think. Goes to Kentucky. Um Iowa is kind of the same as Kentucky, just same old, same old. Um, yeah, Kirk Ferentz, he's been there for forever. He will continue to be there for forever, and they will always be really scary if you're a top five team on the road. Like that's yeah, that's where like Iowa's peak scariness is. Um, NC State and Wisconsin, you talked about them. I I don't know how to feel about it, either one of these teams. I had we both had a really good feel on NC State last last year kind of coming into the season the preseason um and and i think they they lived up to it i really think they did like i think it was a successful year for nc state they beat clemson like and that turned out to be a good win that turned out to be a really yeah. good win so yeah like they, they had a good season then this year i think 17 is probably about right i might have them maybe a little lower if we're honest um wisconsin Oh my! I I've been all over the place with them. I guess I guess that means Graham Mertz is starting again. Like I'm I'm assuming that's, I, as that's far what that as means. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. <laughs> oh, you can't do that, man! Can't do that. So like, yeah, selling. Like as long as Graham Mertz is the quarterback there, I will be selling. Um, I, I understand they had a nice finish to the year. They started off, I think, what they were one and three to start, and then they won like seven in a row to finish it, but. Yeah, like just not not huge, not not huge fans of Wisconsin. Um, and then what is who's at twenty? USC. Yeah, that's that is the ultimate wild card. We don't know. Like oh, we yeah. don't know. They could get Caleb Williams and win the Pac twelve and be a possible top five, possible playoff candidate, or they could be out of the top twenty five. They could be out of the top twenty five. On these and, way too early lists, we we had them as high as five and unranked in several. Yeah, I, they could be literally anywhere. So 20, I guess, feels about right. But the amount of volatility there is just massive. Huge amount of right. volatility there. Yeah. So I think I mostly agree with you. I I, I kind of like NC State again. Like Devin Leary is coming back. Yeah. So I, f- I feel pretty good about their offense. Uh-huh. Haven't done a deep dive on the rest of the roster or anything. Um, but I know he was the main guy. And like – that was a pretty good team this last year. And, yeah, you know, it's still NC State. Like, they're probably not going to be top 10. Um, but I, I think 17 is not a bad number for them. Wisconsin, no idea. Like, 
<laughs> uh, we, do. we do. We know what. They're just not good. They're just not very good. They're too high. They're, they're rated. That's too high for them. But they also had a 1,200-yard rusher who was 17 so years they old. They have Graham Mertz. They have Graham Mertz. I don't <laughs> You're care. Right. You're right. You're right. I, and it, it almost feels wrong for me to trust Iowa more than them. Like, like No, that's absolutely every, right. That's what you and, should do. Because Iowa's quarterback situation is just as bad, but they they do their thing despite their quarterback somehow. Like I don't. So yeah, I I feel like Iowa and Wisconsin, they're both to me vulnerable in the Big Ten West, but they're also both solid bets to be in the top thirty in the country. And yeah. so sure, sixteen or nineteen, why not? Kentucky, I don't know. Like I kind of feel like they might be a top twelve team next year. Yeah. Am I stupid for thinking that? No, no, they could be. They're, they could be sneaky. They really could. It's, it's an SEC East that outside of Georgia is not good. Like, right. like it's up for grabs. There's a lot of ascending teams. There's yeah. a lot of ascending teams. Tennessee's getting better. Um, South Carolina's getting drastically better. You could argue um, all of the teams in that division think they're getting better. Yeah, Man, Vanderbilt's not. Man, no argument for <laughs> Vanderbilt. But everyone else is. And, and like, there is... Yeah, like like Kentucky could absolutely go nine and three. Like yeah. that that is absolute an absolute possibility there. So sure. yeah, like I don't have I yeah that you're absolutely correct to think that absolutely. So so USC real quick like yeah any idea you have any leaning on whether that because most likely this is either significantly above twenty or 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 significantly worse. But like also I could see it being 20. Like I could see the offense being pretty good and them also losing three games just because they don't have the lines figured out, the defense. Like Yeah. What do you think? Any any leanings? Oh. They're not really good on the lines. You mentioned they get beat up front. Utah is a nightmare for USC. Like that's everything that Utah is, which is physical up front. Like they're just going to push them around. Uh, and like, like you can't just go get all of that. Like, like we talked about it maybe with like a little bit like Texas A&M and, and Ohio state, you can't just go get elite D lines. Like you can go get an yeah. elite quarterback D um, elite defensive lineman. You have to get multiple of them to have a good unit. You have to get multiple to have a good unit and, and they don't have that. time. It does. It takes time. It takes multiple classes stacked on top of each other and, and it will come. It will come in time. It will come in time right. for USC now is probably a little early, and that's probably what limits their top five potential for me. Yeah, I would agree. I don't see them as a legit top 10 team. I, I do think they, they might be the, the type of team that could upset like a legit yes. playoff contender. Agreed. Agreed. But, you, I mean, you mentioned Utah. I mean, Notre Dame is historically great on the lines. Like, I, yep. I don't yep. think – yeah, they could beat either one or both of those teams – but there's enough of those that they're going to trip up somewhere. And just looking at their schedule, it's a weak schedule. Like they might have a better record than they really are. Right. Well, should I just read it off for you real quick? Go for it. Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State, Utah, Arizona, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, Notre Dame. So you're talking about like two ranked teams maybe. Yeah. But, so like nine and three, they'll go nine and three. And, and that's the thing. Like that's a 20. That's one a 20. of the issues with USC is that they've been losing to teams that are worse than them. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of opportunities for that this year. So we'll see oh, quickly. Yeah. We'll see quickly if they can turn that around 
raise the floor and then worry about the ceiling is one thing right. I talk a lot about with, with some of these programs that have struggled a lot. Right. Um, yeah. Cause we, I think we both feel like the ceiling could be quite high there, but uh -huh. where's the floor? We'll see. Do you uh -huh. like Alex Grinch, by the way, as their defensive coordinator? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but like, it, it's okay for it's okay for me to not, to not like him because literally everyone else likes him. He's been revolutionizing that defense for the last what four years, and they're kind of get they kind of got better, like a little right. bit better. But let's not act like they were like world beaters out there. The Big Twelve had good defenses everywhere, and Oklahoma's was middle of the road. They weren't better than Dave Aranda. Like Dave Aranda, that was a turnaround. You want to talk about someone that turned around a defense? That was yeah. Dave Aranda and Baylor. That's what happened. That was a turnaround. Alex Grinch has been allegedly reforming. Yeah, he's like this great reformer that comes in and changes everything and makes problems go away. And then like there's there like yeah like it. The end of the you know end of the year you add up all the stats and like they're okay they're okay yeah they're he did right. a very B job I would say at Oklahoma yeah average like, he was like he, excellent he improved their defense but he didn't make it great by any stretch correct that's correct so do you think that's essentially what it does at USC because yeah like, they he's have the same a guy they have a little more access I would say to talent but yeah. Oklahoma is still very talented like he had he had first rounders at pass yeah. rusher there you're right like. Yeah, I'm not. No, he's he gets no. His job's not going to get any easier at USC because he had talent at Oklahoma. So would you? Is it fair to think maybe that USC can't really reach their ceiling under Lincoln Riley until they replace him, Alex Grinch? I mean, I in my opinion, yes, for sure. sure. That makes for sense sure. to me. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily bet against them being a, eventually a playoff contender with Alex Grinch. Yeah. But I but I do think like that is a bit of a limiting factor. Yeah. No, I All agree. right, let's move on. The rest of the top twenty five here. Okay. Twenty one Tennessee, twenty two yep. Houston, twenty three Cincinnati, twenty four Penn State, twenty five BYU. Yep. Who's too high? Who's too low? What do you think? Tennessee. Okay, so Houston's too high. Houston at twenty two is too high. Sell on them. Cincy at twenty three is too low. Are you kidding me? Cincinnati at twenty three. They're a playoff team. It, they didn't get blown out like Michigan did. Like they got beat. Yeah, they got beat by Alabama, but like they weren't embarrassed. Like at least the game was competitive. It, it wasn't just a blowout. wasn't a bloodbath. So, like Cincinnati is 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 probably. And, and I know they're getting a lot of you know they're losing a ton of production. I get. I understand yeah. that. Like they kept Fickle though. Like Fickle hasn't gone anywhere. They Kerry Coombs is now their their DBs coach, right? The old Ohio right. State corner. Like he can at least he can coach DBs. Like, he's gonna he recruit he, well too. Yeah, he's gonna recruit real well. He's gonna coach DBs. He can't. He at least he's not calling the plays. But they're not gonna let him call the plays. You know, like he's <laughs> he's just gonna recruit and like coach the DBs. That's what he's good at. So like that's fine. Um, yeah. So buying buy the Cincinnati stock while you can. Penn State at 24. Oh my. So they paid James Franklin just a ton of money. They yeah. just backed up the truck. And I they they could have just let him go. Like and in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. Uh, they they did get a five-star quarterback. Like that means something. That does mean something. They they were they were 6 and 7 this year, I believe. I think they were 6 and 7. And it's like, oh, so like we're going to expect them to be top 25 next year. I, I okay, I guess um, I, I'd be selling. I'd be selling on Penn State. Yeah, let's just do it. I'm going to sell on the Penn State stock, but I do it like begrudgingly. 
But like, I think there's multiple coaches that could do a better job than James Franklin there. Like, that's not crazy to think. He hasn't been incredible. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna sell. If I if if not sell, I'm gonna hold. I don't think that yeah. they're better than that. I don't think that they're better than that. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously we'll see. This is a lot. Tons can happen. We've mentioned that. Sure. Can't preface everything with that. And just. Just to get in front of all the people that are going to want to respond, they actually went seven and six instead of six and seven. Sorry, sorry, my six, bad, my bad. It's different side of the same coin, like it, whatever. And also should be mentioned that they that Brent Pry left their defense coordinator, left yeah. to take the head job at Virginia Tech. They replaced him, I believe, with Manny Diaz. Yeah, which that's is actually a good hire. Like that's I like a pretty that. good hire. Yeah, I like that hire. I really do. And you mentioned the recruiting class, um, the five star quarterback who. Like I, I do think, Allaire. yeah, I he didn't play well in the All American game, and I don't know how yeah. much you could take from that, but he was very inaccurate. Yeah. So like, maybe it's just the type of thing where he just needs a little more coaching, and it might take a year or two. Like, but I don't know that he's the answer right away. Um, they bring the quarterback back, which, again, like we've seen this, we've seen this before. <laughs> like, yeah, Sean Clifford's is like, a super senior now. Yep. Is it fair to say 2022 Penn State is probably going to be very reminiscent of the last three years of Penn State? Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's probably not going to look a whole lot different. Some of those coin flips might might be positive this time instead of negative. Like, yeah, I, I do think they're they're better. Like, I think they're going to be better than seven and six next year as long as their record reflects how good they actually are. But I don't know that they'll be like, I don't I wouldn't expect them to be a top 10 or even top 15 team. No, I, I think they're the fourth best team in the East, in the Big Ten East. I think they're behind Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Like, like I think they're behind all, all three of those teams. And I would have all, the, all of those teams ranked ahead of them. I think the, all those teams will win um, in, their, in their head-to-head matchup. Franklin, he got 10 years, $75 million. And, and I guess I'm just asking why. Why? Like, that's mm-hmm. premium. You're, play, you're paying premium price for Franklin. And I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why you do that. I think some, there's some Penn State fans that don't like it either, by the way. Like, let's not act like we're just yeah. bashing on Penn State. I have a buddy that's a good Penn State fan. Or, uh, yeah, he's a really, like, kind of really in the know kind of, I think, with Penn State stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. we, I don't understand why we're doing this. It's kind of what he told me. So, yeah, no, I, they have to make, they have to go to Auburn this year in, in the non-con. Like, that's, yeah. that's not going to be easy. That's going to be a tough game. Like and then plus their plus with their their three big um, the Big Ten East games like that's eight and four like you can, can you can see four losses right off the bat and yeah unless Sean Clifford somehow magically changes in his sixth season there <laughs> like uh, yeah no you I think you can expect what you've what you've gotten for the last couple of years so do you think Franklin because I mean you asked why he's getting paid so much like yeah he he's He's bringing in the number six class in the country, uh-huh. and I think he might be worth it. Like if he continues to do that, do you think there's? Right. A, do you think he can continue to do that? Because it is a big class, and the average um, player ranking is not as it's not number six. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's it's more in the ten range, I believe. Like, does that sound more like? Because and maybe maybe that's enough to be number two in the East. Like maybe eventually they can get there. But obviously, we saw what Michigan just did. I don't know. Like, do you? Th- That's a bunch of different questions all thrown together. Do you he has think not he can stacked still do good that? classes? Yeah, he has not stacked good classes on top of each other. 
Right. In my opinion, like not not for ten years, seventy five million dollars worth. No. Right. I I think I if he if he does if he stacks another top ten class on next year, another one the year after that, another the year after that, maybe throws a t- couple of top five classes in there. Suddenly, like yeah, like he's worth it then. But he hasn't to this point, and and like the recruits that he has brought in haven't played just tremendously they haven't like that's not crazy to say he had Micah Parsons there who was a huge a huge recruit and he he quit the team like he literally like he quit that year and took a year off so like that's not that doesn't just spell greatness for your program I it really doesn't so I mean like I I have question marks a lot of question marks so Penn State doesn't play USC they don't play Florida they don't play Miami they don't play Notre Dame but is it fair to maybe say that those teams could be what keeps them from taking that next step? Because all four of those teams just hire better recruiters than what they had previously. Yeah. And I and think better recruiters th- than the better recruiters than James Franklin historically. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, and, and all four of those teams probably have higher recruiting ceilings than Penn state does. Yeah. Like I, I think that's working against, Penn State getting up there as much as anything, like just in the future. Like if 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 Franklin doesn't really turn up turn it up somehow, like I I could see Penn State like they their ceiling recruiting wise might be in that nine to ten range. Franklin's Franklin's a guy that like I would have expected him to be like on the hot seat, but instead the university like ah here's seventy five million dollars, <laughs> yeah go have fun, go have a good time, and like 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 no like. We were we were thinking about maybe firing the guy. That's kind of like where I would be as a fan. Like like yeah. So sure. Yeah. No. That's it's that's not unfair at all to say that maybe he got a little bit passed up by some other programs. It's mm-hmm. it's confusing. One of the confusing things. I think I don't know if you follow Josh Pate or not the yep. uh, the podcaster, but he he's like there's a lot of programs like big time programs that are making just bad decisions. Bad decisions with money. This here by Penn State was a bad decision in my opinion. Yeah. All right, uh, Tennessee was number 21. We talked about them just a little bit. Yeah. Do you think – I mean, I, I know we both feel like they could be a sleeping giant. Like, like the ceiling is very high there. Yeah. Um, That's 20, 2022, though, like, do you feel like maybe they could be this year's Arkansas? Or, or is this just – like, they're a pretty good team, but they're behind Kentucky and Georgia and Florida probably. Or- they have – I don't think they're behind Florida. Like, they have – a opportunity this here is an opportunity you talk about like tennessee arkansas kentucky in a year where okay so so georgia's way better than all those teams right so just factor georgia out of it missouri's not that great florida who normally would be number two in the east is is going through a ton of of turnover tons of it yeah they're not going to be just great um vanderbilt obviously is not that good not that good like it's anyone's ball game for the for the number two spot in the SEC East. Anyone's like this could it could be Tennessee, it could be it could be Florida, but it could just as easily be Kentucky or South Carolina. That could happen. Um, I think Missouri's probably a little bit behind behind those those schools, but Tennessee has a chance to be a top ten team if they're number two in the East and they say they lose to Georgia and Alabama and maybe throw one more in there. They would have three really really good losses. And and they'd be nine and three. They'd be right outside the top ten, borderline top ten team, um, kind of like maybe more what Ole Miss was this year. Sure, but yeah. maybe a slightly lesser version of of what mm-hmm. Ole Miss was. They that could absolutely happen. Like second year coach, kind of like Lane Kiffin did. You know, have a, has a good quarterback. 
Um, so yeah, Hendon Hooker was was good. Hendon Hooker was yep. a good quarterback for them. He's coming back. Hopefully the defense gets a little bit better. Um, but nine wins is very, very possible for Tennessee. Sure. Okay. Well, that's the top 25. We didn't really talk about BYU at 25. They won the Holy War this year. We heard about it on YouTube a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you have any BYU thoughts. That's a um, big win for them, by the way. It That's is. That's a huge win. They beat yes. Utah, and like they like not only to beat Utah, but like in a year where Utah is actually really good. Yep. Like BYU is a good football team. Yep. All right, there were 15 other teams that got at least one mention in these 10 way too early uh, rankings. Yeah. I'm just going to read them in order. Um, okay. And you t- you just tell me like we won't talk about all 15, obviously. You tell me if there's any that you think should be up in the top 25. Okay. Or, or any that are just laughable that you that anybody would even think about ranking in the top 25. Okay. Yep. 26 Miami, 27 LSU, 28 Pitt, 29 Texas, 30 Ole Miss, 31 Minnesota, 32 Fresno State, 33 South Carolina, 34 UCF, 35 Coastal Carolina, 36 Florida, 37 Purdue, 38 Air Force, 39 Kansas State, 40 Nebraska. So LSU should LSU will finish next season in the top twenty-five. Okay. LSU will LSU will finish next season in top twenty-five. I yeah I understand turmoil and all that turnover. I get that part, but like Brian Kelly has won everywhere he's went. You know mm-hmm. this, like you're aware. Um, he's walking into a a situation that is very. He has a ton of upside at LSU. I think top twenty-five. I think will just happen for him. I think it's just going to happen. I don't even think it's going to be a great year for him. Um, but I think top 25 is he's going to win some football games. He's going to win some football games there. No question. Um, Pitt, Texas, you know, you know, whatever Texas, I, I hope they get it together, I guess, for college football's sake, I, maybe, you know, whatever, like wake me up when they, yeah, can, they got Quinn Ewers. <laughs> they do, but so what? Like, they, like, I don't yeah. think quarter quarterback was really the problem there. Like it was more just yeah. like dysfunction, dysfunction. For, like the whole team was just like dysfunctional. Sure. No one, no one really got along. Um, Ole Miss at 30, that seems like a bit of a drop off. Maybe like I understand Matt Corral left Ole Miss, but my goodness, 30. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't really have problems with anything else. I think the, the sleeper right there is South Carolina at 33, South Carolina, they have South Carolina at 33 with Spencer Rattler now. Um, yeah. Austin Stogner, the, the, both of those guys transferring in from Oklahoma. That's a lot of talent there. We mentioned they have, they have a chance. They have a chance. South Carolina, South Carolina is more, is probably the most likely to be this year's Arkansas. Like, just kind of a shooting star, like just, yeah, just they, they can't stop ascending. I mean, obviously it was a really, really good year for, uh, for, for, for Beamer in his first year for Shane Beamer. And I think, I think this year could be even better. Like, I think he can even improve upon that. Um, He has a lot of energy there right now. Let's, let's just say that a ton of energy right now in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. By the way, we could mention that uh, Michigan last year made the playoff after being unranked in the preseason. So it, it's yeah. not complete. Like there is a chance one of these teams actually like has a really good year. Um, probably not that good. That was, I think that was a first. Um, yeah. But yeah. one of these teams that are not in the top 25 will be in the top 10. Like that at least will happen. Right. Um, Cause that happens every year. Uh, for me going through it, um, Miami 26, LSU 27. LSU 
do you have any thoughts on, on the staff Brian Kelly has put together so far? What, what are your thoughts? I don't know if you've seen much or been paying attention. Yeah, I do know that he hired Georgia's receiver coach away, Cortez yes. Hankton, who yes. is – that's a big hire because that guy recruits his tail off. Yeah. Um, I think he's getting guys there that can recruit, and, and like, like that matters. Like that's kind of probably why he went to LSU. I mean, like that would make sense. And yeah. to get Hankton there is is huge. Like it's sometimes it's it's the guys that that maybe are a little bit more in the shadows that are actually like the really good recruiters, and we don't maybe hear about them just a ton. But Hankton was a good one. Hankton was an absolutely um, he was a really really good uh, recruiter for Georgia, a big part of their success. Um, as far as the, re- the the other parts of his staff, it like I, I don't know. It kind of remains to be seen, maybe a bit like how I feel about everything. Like. I, I like it, but not really. Like, I'd like to know who their quarterback is. Like, I think maybe I'm more interested in, like, who they – because there is – there's a ton of quarterbacks out there kind of circling around, and, and they don't have one, really. Like, they don't really have a guy. Like Miles Brennan decided to come back. Well, right, but, like, but I also, mean, he yeah, had lost his job. He had lost right. his job anyway. Like, he wasn't great. Right. So, like, you'd like to see them go get a really good quarterback before you, yeah, declare yeah. them the next big thing. I think maybe that's what's holding yeah. me back. I guess part of the reason I, I asked is it's a bit of a mixed bag. Like I really, like you mentioned Cortez Hankton, like that's an awesome hire, like well done, Brian Kelly and LSU. <sighs> Mike Denbrock is the offensive coordinator hire there. They got him from Cincinnati, yeah. former Notre Dame offensive coordinator, uh, which yeah. I guess is the connection there. And at Notre Dame, like <clears throat> it wasn't like he was necessarily fired, but it was kind of like, this isn't really working out, Like maybe you should find another job. <laughs> like, and I just don't know, like Cincinnati, the strength of their team was not the offense. No, I know. I, I saw that and it was like, that's underwhelming. That's, yeah. uh, it's, it's okay to go ahead and just call that an underwhelming, especially like when, when Sam Pittman has Kendall Bryles at yeah. just right down the road in, in Arkansas and like they beat you. Like it's okay to be underwhelmed with that hire. That's, that's not a, I mean, like, that's acceptable. Like, that's okay. Yeah. He hired Brian Pullian as his special teams coordinator, came over from Notre Dame. That was one that Notre Dame fans were kind of hoping would leave. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And and not that he's bad. Like, he's a decent coach, decent recruiter. Yeah. Nothing special. I don't know. Like, I guess I've just been a little underwhelmed by the staff he's put together. But, again, we're talking about LSU and LSU talent, so it very well could work out just fine, and this uh-huh. kind of just be – nothing um yeah texas is one that to me is texas and florida both like to me obviously these are talented teams that if everything like if these 28 things go right it's going to be wonderful right but you know most likely it won't but like (laughs) so like yeah i don't i don't know how to feel about them arrow up i think for florida in the future like i think like i think we both agree they made a good hire there and the the recruiting yeah. is going to be good. Yep. Um, what do you think about Sark at Texas? Like, do you like, oh, no. one year in the rearview mirror? Like, do we think that yeah. was a really good hire? Like, whoa. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to be in the SEC in the next five years at some point. Yeah. What well, What do you think about Steve Sarkeesian? Uh, I'm not sure. I they lost to Kansas. They were five and seven. <laughs> Um, only TCU and Kansas gave up more yards than they did. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think, 
like they have a ton of potential. They're one of the teams that if they get it right, they're one of the teams that goes to the playoff. Like like you mentioned teams from outside the top 25 in the preseason that go to the playoff and in the playoff. They like they have they that could be them. They're probably one of the few that could. Mm-hmm. But like that's so unlikely. Uh, for me yeah. that is just so unlikely. Like Yeah, no, I I like Quinn Ewers. Of course I do. Like he's a ton of talent there. Like but t- talent has never been Texas's issue. Like it really hasn't. It's been, it's been the maybe developing what you have there. Like, like they have guys there, but they, I think, I don't think they're very well developed all the time. I think there's a lot of attitude problems, character problems with some of the guys, a lot of entitlement. I think Texas has maybe more issues as a program um, than what we would like to admit. I think yeah. them as a program are farther behind yeah, we're just like where some other guys are. Like they, they really are. That, that's okay to say. They've had a number of really disappointing years, and and five and seven is not good. That's a really mm-hmm. bad year at Texas. Who like the Big Twelve wasn't crazy good. Let's, let's not, you can't just act like the Big Twelve was just wildly good. So yeah, like they have to be better than that. Have to be even his first year. That's like almost borderline failure. Failure at five and seven after one year. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people in the know that have, have talked a lot about Texas and some of the issues seem to stem like from like donors, it really, really big donors that feel like they should, they should have a say in a lot of different yeah. areas. And uh-huh. it's almost like a too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing. I don't know. I, I don't really know what's going on there. I, I know they are like, it's an overused phrase, I guess, but they are a sleeping giant. Like it's still like it's yeah. Texas. We've yep. seen what Texas A&M has been able to do with ratcheting up the recruiting. The yeah. wins haven't followed yet, although they did beat Alabama this year. But like I, I think we both feel pretty good about A&M. Eventually, like the wins will come, just because right. the recruiting yep. is there. Yeah, you have to think like Texas, like they've got to see that and know like that's <laughs> possible for them too. Like they, of course, that's, oh yeah, they, they know it's possible. It's just it hasn't been a thing yet. I, I think Steve Sarkeesian. I guess I'll answer the question too, since I made you like, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great one. Like, and maybe that's good enough at Texas and maybe they can figure out all the other things. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, and anybody that thinks they they know on Texas, like you're lying. <laughs> you yeah. just don't know what's going to happen with them in the next yeah. five years. He is elite at offensive play calling. Yeah. Not just terrific as a coach. So like sure. he can absolutely call some phenomenal plays. Like it's better, like you go look at the title game against against Ohio State, you know, a full year ago. Yeah. They were running stuff. Ohio State had no idea what was going on. Part of it was because yep. Kerry Combs was clueless, but part of it because <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian was brilliant. Like he was so many steps ahead. If 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 Sark was the OC for Bama this year, they win the title. Like if you swap out Bill O'Brien for Steve Sarkeesian, they probably win the championship. Hmm. They yeah. probably like I honestly believe that. So yeah, great OC, not a great head coach. I think I think we can. Go, I'm gonna go ahead and go on record as saying that. Like, I don't know how much better it's gonna get at Texas. Like, hmm. I'm worried about that. That's concerning. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much gonna do it. I think that went longer than I expected. Um, oh wow. Hey, you and I get started talking about college football teams, and it can, it can last a while. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Any. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, looking forward to doing like our like actual preseason predictions. I know that'll be yeah. in a couple of months. Like that, that'll be a, a while from now, and we have a lot to talk about. Like, there's a lot of time that will go down between now and when <laughs> football gets played again. 
Um, but yeah, I, I really can't wait for like the actual final like preseason rankings for next year. Um, and just, yeah, just seeing what the portal looks like. Cause the portal's right. crazy. Like this is just a crazy off season and stuff's going to be changing all the time for the next three months. It's going to change the whole time. So yeah, you just got to, it doesn't really turn off. It's just going to be going the whole time. Everything will be changing and we just try to keep up with it. Yep. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. I think we're going to try to do one pretty much once a week going okay. forward. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, there might be weeks out there where there's just not a whole lot to talk about. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think we, we, we've been talking a lot about all the different things we could talk about in the off season and now it's here. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about just diving into some of these things. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Tell your friends, have a great week and God bless.